Welcome to Career Tools. This week, prioritizing your relationship with your boss, chapter one. The questions this cast answers are, why is it important to prioritize my relationship with my boss? How do I prioritize my relationship with my boss without sucking up? For all our European listeners and managers, if you're not going to be on vacation the last week of July and you'd like Manager Tools to deliver our training on site in your workspaces, you're in luck. We've allocated the last week of July for clients. You'll save travel costs because we're already there. Let us bring one of our standard trainings directly to you, the effective manager, the effective communicator, or the effective hiring manager. We'll work with up to 30 attendees and you benefit because of the conversion rate. To learn more, contact Maggie at maggie-tools.com regarding overseas pricing and details. Kate, we often see things that, uh, see articles and um, read blog posts and so on that say, here's how to manage your boss. And the problem with that is bosses don't like being managed. <laughs> Any more than anybody else really likes being managed. Sure. I don't think anybody really, well, maybe that's just me that I would rather have no manager and go off on my own. But um, in general, I don't think people like to even think they're being managed. So we, we don't want you to try and manage your boss. It's just a recipe for failure. And instead, we want you to prioritize your relationship with your boss. So in this cast, we're going to tell you why and how. Absolutely. This is one of the biggest questions I get from people at conferences. Really? Yeah. They call it managing upwards or they say, if we think this is really good, how can we teach our boss to do it? Oh, yes. And how can I make my boss do one-on-ones? Right. And we have a cast for that, guys. We actually do have a cast about if you want to give your boss professional updates, what you should do and how to do that and action it. And the other thing is it's so hard because... We work so hard to make sure that our guidance doesn't in any way harm your career or negatively impact you. And of course, then knowing that, we wouldn't give you guidance about doing something that's probably not the best idea. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so, of course, it's a question we get all the time and our answer is still the same. And this guidance supports that answer as well. So today we're going to cover three things. We're going to cover communicate with your boss first, all caps on the first, guys, like (laughs) first. Make changes when you get feedback and maintain confidentiality. These are so easy as well. So this one's an E. The first one, communicate with your boss first, the emphasis on first. Um, And this is so such easy guidance to implement. So whenever something happens or is rumored to happen, that affects you or your boss or your team negatively or positively, tell your boss first. For example, you get an angry voicemail from a customer saying something your team is responsible for is broken. Or the manager of a quality assurance team comes to your area and says, the code you submitted has a hole the size of the channel channel, right? There's no way we're passing that. Or you get an email that suggests that the contract that you thought was in the bag is no longer in the bag. Or you have a meeting with someone on another team that goes badly. Communicate all of those and all of the other examples you're now thinking of. Communicate with your boss first. We don't really think about how we communicate, right? Because a lot of the reasons we communicate and when and why and all those things, they're based on just kind of our impetus, like 
our emotional response to something happening. And so with a little bit of foresight, again, you can kind of just think about what's most important. And the first person who's most important is to communicate with your boss. And of course, the examples we've just given are negative. There are definitely positive ones. We just find that most people concentrate on the negative. If a customer calls and tell you, hey, you did such a great job that they're extending the contract. If the QA manager comes and tells you your code was perfect, a meeting you have with another team leads to an agreement on the way that you're going to work together going forward, et cetera. Maybe you have a brilliant idea on how to improve the team's workflow. Again, communicate with your boss first. Them first. <laughs> yes. Everybody else afterwards. It's just an order thing, right? Right. And it doesn't and it doesn't have to be outside of your daily work. We're not saying it has to be some extra piece of reporting. If you're supposed to report to your boss when work is done, then report to him or her first. If you complete something or you don't complete something, if you're going to hit your deadline or you're not going to hit your deadline, if something predicted happens or something unpredictable happens, in all the cases, communicate with your boss first before you communicate with other people in your organization. All the high eyes. I, I have a little tiny bit of high eye in me, not much, but I do sometimes have ideas that I think are brilliant because, you know, uh, everybody thinks their own ideas are brilliant. And I have a tendency to, you know, call someone and say, hey, I've just that. I've had this amazing idea and I just need some data and I need the data that says this, this and this, right? And then somebody else is running to get data for me, for my brilliant idea. And then it turns out not to be a brilliant idea and somebody else has wasted a whole bunch of time getting data for something we're never going to do. Well, I mean, maybe. Your ideas are good. If I'd have said it to my boss, he might have said, yeah, that's a good idea, but it's not going to happen because X, Y, and Z that you haven't even thought of because I haven't, you know, and we've wasted somebody else's time. So Yeah. You have to communicate with them before you talk to others. And because, especially if it's someone you have goodwill with, right? You call them up, you say hey, I've got this really cool idea. And because you guys have a relationship, they go and do some stuff for you. And in fact, we're causing action. We don't. We didn't assign anything. There's no deliverable. And, you know, our boss might not like that idea. For some reason, there might be a change coming. Yeah, wasting resources. Yeah, so communicating with your boss first before others doesn't mean that when there's a problem, you shouldn't do anything until you've spoken to your boss, right? There can be a little bit of action happening If it's something where there's a problem and you can immediately take action on it, do that first and immediately afterwards, let your boss know. I mean, of course, if the office was on fire, you wouldn't go tell your boss before you start throwing water, right? So that's the egregious example. Maybe instead in real life, you're in sales and your boss knows that your plan today is to call Acme and close the sale on the biggest anvil you sell for a million dollars. <laughs> I'm getting so much um, cartoon images in my head. <laughs> you close the sale in five minutes flat and you spend the rest of the day in the pub with the purchasing manager at Acme. That's awesome, right? And in this case, you text or send your boss a quick email before you got to the pub. Call went great, contract signed, you know, party horn emoji. Yeah, six words if you count an emoji as a word. Like, it's going to take you two seconds and your boss is going to know, hey, I knew about that first. It, it's exciting news. Why wouldn't you want to share it? I guess there's the other version of this, right? If the sale goes badly and you're out in five minutes with no contract and you're not going to the pub, still, we'd text the boss and we would say, 
either via text or a quick email. The format's not imperative. Call what terribly, no contract you, no contract. I'll update you when I have a plan, something along those lines. I always feel really awkward making this joke, but it isn't rocket science. (laughs) (laughs) And what we're suggesting is simple. Your boss knowing first stops some negative side effects that maybe you haven't thought of or you're not aware of. The biggest of those is that he won't be blindsided by the news when he hears from another source. Let's say you went on that sales call with a tech specialist and you don't text your boss and he finds out that the sale fell through from the technical team's boss because the tech guy texted his boss and then that boss called his friend, your boss, guarantee your manager will feel stupid and kind of silly just because he didn't know how it went and then frustrated because feeling stupid and silly isn't fun. So they'll redirect that at you, which means they'll feel frustrated that you didn't tell them as soon as you could. Good news or bad, honestly. Nobody likes to be caught flat-footed, you know, not knowing something that your peer knows. Even if the call went well, he's going to feel silly hearing it from somebody else, especially if it's your contract your responsibility right yeah and if you can't imagine why let's uh, we'll just make it a personal example imagine it's a performance re- it's performance review time and you haven't yet had your review with your boss and one of your colleagues says hey man sorry about your review guess it was a tough year huh then you'd be like hold on why do you know something that i should have known first like, why do you know bad news before I do? That's not, it's not fair, right? You'd feel annoyed and stupid and panicked and lots of negative emotions, which are negative emotions are never good for your relationship with anybody. And even if your colleague said to you, hey, man, great review. Guess you had a great year, huh? You'd still feel annoyed that somebody knew before you did, right? It's the classic when I've worked in HR, HR knows everything before everybody else but you can't tell anyone because it's just not fair to rub it in their face, I guess. But it doesn't matter whether it's good news or bad news. It's still annoying when there's something that you should have known first. I should be the first person to know how my performance review goes after my boss and he's deciding what my performance review should be, right? If you put how you feel in that situation and you transfer that to your boss in lots of situations when he doesn't know something first, then you'll understand why he would be frustrated. Yeah. In our experience, directs kind of discount what their bosses want to hear about. We think to ourselves, oh, that's not big enough to bother her with, or, oh, it'll be fine. It's only a day. I'll get to it in the morning before she gets in. And I think a lot of people do this in terms of communication anyway. It's funny. We, you know, we have text messaging and all these kinds of new formats that are based around the idea that you would send small amounts of information and then we discount small amounts of information. (laughs) I do this in my like real life too, right? I I don't text, hey, running 20 minutes late or hey, 20 minutes early or hey, I'm I'm headed home thinking, oh, they don't care, but they do. And so if you had that experience, you know, if your relationship is a positive one, those things kind of are small enough to get away with. But if you have a poor relationship with your boss and you start communicating when you have those kind of thoughts, it will increase the strength of your relationship because increasing the frequency of your communication will contribute to that. And then, you know, now they have this small bits of information. And sometimes the small bit of information is one of the things that makes things turns the corner, right? And of course, you guys are probably 
ask yourselves, why does how my boss feels matter? And the answer is because your boss is the person who controls your addiction to food and clothing and shelter. They're the person who decides if your kid gets to wear the fancy softball uniforms or has to wear the t-shirt kind. So even if you don't think your boss could or would fire you, they also can make your life pretty miserable. You could get poor assignments. You could get micromanaged. It could just not feel good to go to work. And this is why we put our relationship with our boss first. And the first part of that is just to communicate with them first in small ways about the things that happen every day that might be useful for them to know. And think about all of your best relationships. They're the ones where you do communicate all those little things, right? Yeah. The number of people who I have worked with who come lunchtime would have a 20-minute call with their husband or, or wife when they left them at eight and it's now only one o'clock. It's like four hours. How do you have something to talk about for 20 minutes? But it's all the little tiny small things that have happened during the day. And it's those little small things that if you if you only have a call once a week, then you tend to not talk about those things and you tend to be less close because of it. So it's always the little things. It's always the interstitial things. It's always the two minutes before the meeting when you say hi and, oh, you've tidied, you know, someone is on um, uh, on a video chat and you say, oh, you've, you've painted the wall behind you. It looks a nice color. It's always those little things that add up to a relationship, not the big things that we think about. Yeah, it's the daily stuff. And the daily stuff is small. Do you need to answer a management or career problem fast? You know, there's a cost for that, but you don't have time to listen to the thing. You just need to take action now. You need a personal license. You'll get a written version of all the podcasts in the free feed. There are detailed white papers of all the guidance in the podcast, but you can read in five to 10 minutes what might take 30 to 40 minutes to listen to. To find out more and see an example, go to manager-tools.com and type hashtag license in the search bar. Okay, so next one is make changes when you get feedback. I think there are managers right now listening to this cast who want to send this cast to their directs now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to that bit that starts at like 15 minutes. And it's funny because it's something we get all the time, right? Whenever we we're at the conference, we ask if it was done professionally, you know, would you like more feedback from your boss, positive or negative? And 99% of the room, guys, this is true. I give our trainings, our effective manager trainings to 22 people a week on average, more than 30 weeks out of the year. That's a lot. You know, I'm not, oh, hey, we made this number up. No, I give this training almost every single week to over 20 people a week. And 99% of the people I talk to say, as long as it's professional and polite, I would like more data from my boss. And it's like communication. There never seems to be a limit on how much we want. And it makes total sense because the daily things that we do contribute to our salaries, our benefits, our bonuses, our time off. And so we want to know that information. We want to know how we're doing against those measurements because those things equal to whether or not we can afford our mortgage. And so when we are asking from the other side, people say, yeah, I want to know. And yet we see this all the time when directs get feedback, all of us, I, like this is a we situation, guys, we ignore it. 
<laughs> even if it's positive, positive or negative, when your boss gives you feedback, consider strongly making an effort to change, right? Uh, just think about it. I mean, it'll change a lot of people's lives. Changes everything, right? So uh, somebody that I know um, who who recently got feedback, so um, it was a boss to a direct, and the feedback was about presentations, presenting. Um, the direct had a kind of thin voice and quite high-pitched, um, a, a woman, and it wasn't very effective. People couldn't hear her, um, and even when they could hear her, it was difficult for them to understand. And after a couple of weeks, then the second time she, or the third, fourth time she presented, uh, she had a much stronger voice. She'd been practicing. She'd got the voice kind of down further in her um, chest cavity so that it sounded deeper, which is easier to understand. And she was louder, which she'd been practicing. And the boss said, oh, you're doing really well. I'm impressed with the amount of change that you've been up to do. Everybody could hear you. It was a much better performance. Well done. And she's just, you know, oh, well, you know, I tried. It's not great yet, but I'm trying. And the boss was giving her positive feedback, saying, you're doing a great job. And she, he could see how hard she was trying. And she just, you know, blew him off. It's like when people just say to women, oh, I like your dress. And they, oh, I've had it ages. And I got it in the thrift shop, you know. Part of that is conditioning. We're told as children don't not to brag and not to big ourselves up and blow our own trumpets and stuff. Mark taught me this. What they say in Texas is it ain't bragging if you've done it. And for her, she had done it. She had done the work. She had improved her performance. So it wasn't bragging. She could just say thank you and continue improving. Because otherwise, the person who's giving you positive feedback, if you blow it off every time, is going to stop giving you positive feedback. And then you're going to be miserable. And the positive side, it's a, it's kind of funny. But the the correct answer, guys, in case you're wondering, is thank you. I appreciate that. And it's funny. It's more obvious that we should change when we get negative feedback. Both situations require us to change if, if we're not saying thank you to positive feedback. In negative, though, there's a temptation to say, yes, well, it's only recommendation. This way that I'm doing it works for me. I'm going to carry on going this way. And hey, you can do that. (laughs) And your boss is giving you guidance. First of all, they're your boss, but also consider the fact that they're not emotionally involved in the situation. And sometimes it's just for me, I respond based on a whole surrounding series of criteria that are personal to me and the work is personal If you take that stuff away, whether you put it in Excel or PowerPoint, eh. And so maybe their recommendation is really good, right? You've seen another version or another example recently, right? Yeah, same same organization, actually. So the boss uh, had direct that was meeting clients. So part of his job was to go and meet clients. And the boss had said, hey, when you go and meet clients, like you really need to actually have slacks and a dress shirt on rather than he was kind of messy. And you either have to have shaved or you have a beard. Like, like not this half and half thing that looks like you just rolled out of bed, right? Just one or the other. The direct is sort of 50-ish. I mean, he's had a career of 30 years. And so he said, he said to his buddy, and I heard it, the boss didn't, he's like, oh, this is who I am. 
I'm going to carry on this way. I've been successful so far. Why should I change now? Which is okay, except that his boss is the one that decides on his performance review and his salary and what jobs he gets and whether or not he gets the cool clients or the not cool clients and whether or not he thought that what the boss was talking about was important didn't really matter. It's important to the boss and therefore he should have just, he should have taken the feedback and done what he was being asked to do. Whether the boss is right or not about the way people dress, it didn't matter. It's the boss that controls his addiction to food, clothing and shelter, not his track record, not his, oh, I've been successful for the last 30 years, so I'm just going to not listen. Your performance review doesn't depend on what you did 15 years ago. It depends on whether or not you took any notice of what your boss said in the last three months. Yeah. And guys, if this example resonates with you, I do want to say out loud, I really struggle with the idea that the clothes you wear and your lack of shaving represents like Mm -hmm. everything about your inside, right? Like beard, no beard doesn't change how I feel about like vanilla ice cream, for example. Yeah. And just there's so much danger there that the direct could end up on that performance improvement plan because it really mattered to the boss, right? Not necessarily because exactly his choice of clothing really mattered, but because it was important to the boss. And his boss has some leeway for that. He believes, whether it's right or wrong, that staff should be dressed a certain way and meeting customers, presenting a good image. And it's really his boss that's in charge of what happens in terms of how those things go down. So, I've told this story before. I had a boss, oh, years and years and years ago, Uh, And I had to do a monthly report on PowerPoint that had some graphs in it. And he didn't like the standard colors that came with PowerPoint. So if you just create a graph on PowerPoint and you have, uh, you know, three or four blocks representing something, it chooses some colors. Right. And he didn't like those colors. I don't know why. But every month I had to change, I had to create the graph and then change the colors to the ones he liked. And it was the most stupid thing. It made no difference. It wasn't like, oh, there's like pale blue, a middle blue, and a dark blue, and it's hard to see between them. It It wasn't that. It was just a preference. And it used to drive me mental. And then somebody said, look, you know, he's the one who renews your contract. And it takes you two minutes. And it's really not worth worrying about. Right. And... You know, that person was right. I, I'm i stubborn, so I carried on moaning for another couple of months. But he did eventually, you know, sink in that it was his preference. And really, I wanted my contract renewed. So it was a small price to pay. I've had that same experience so many times in terms of somebody wanting something and me thinking, okay, well, you're making more work for me. I would rather now, having experienced it, having done it both ways, I would rather do the work than listen to the whining. That too. So there's that. Like if you're in a situation like that, guys, where you're being asked to do something that you think is mildly silly and not very value add, I totally understand your perception and ask yourself, would I rather spend the two minutes it takes to change the colors on this graph or spend those two minutes listening to my boss talk about how he dislikes these colors? And for me, that's pretty easy. Like, that's a pretty easy choice for me. 
Yeah, even when it's a big choice, like what you wear to meet customers. Yeah. Like, do you want to hear about that from your boss every one-on-one for the next three months or do you just want to change it? Yeah. And talk about something that's more important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Our last topic is maintain confidentiality. When you've developed a good relationship with your boss, she's likely to tell you some stuff that's perhaps confidential. This can range from the plan they have for approaching an issue in a team meeting, from that to plans to fire your coworkers. The longer and deeper the relationship, the more important the things your boss tells you are likely to be. The longer and deeper your relationship, the higher the comfort level involved and the more trust in that relationship. And therefore, you're likely to hear more important things. We talk about this in another podcast. So Mark addresses confidentiality in general in the Managers and Confidentiality cast. And he says, we can never ethically offer any guarantee of confidentiality to any of our directs. Doing so would encourage a direct to share something they believe we will never share. And in fact, it's possible that we will be obligated to share it because our responsibilities as a manager. When our directs share something with us that we have a reasonable professional belief we are obligated to report, act upon, or communicate, we can no longer maintain any confidentiality we promised, meaning we can't even offer it in good conscience. Right. If you tell your manager, I'm going to tell you something in confidence, and then you tell him, I've been embezzling money from the company, he's not going to keep that confidence. He has an obligation to go and do something about that, right? It works in reverse. If your boss tells something, tells you something, you cannot guarantee him or her confidentiality. If your boss confides in you that he has been embezzling money from the company, you have an obligation to do something about it, even though you're his direct, right? So there isn't really any true confidentiality. It's not like a priest or a lawyer where, you know, it's sacrosanct and it can't be broken. But 99% of the time, the stuff that your boss tells you is not that kind of information. And it's easy to keep it confidential. At least, if not confidential, then keep it to yourself, right? You don't have to go tell everybody. Yeah, it can just be something you keep quiet. When you get that kind of information, it might be tempting to use it. Maybe your boss has shared with you or you just know that your boss is really unhappy with the quality of a coworker's work and that they plan to address that in a meeting with them tomorrow. You might think, hey, it's only fair to tell my coworker, like give them a warning. And if you do so, you're putting your relationship with your coworker before your relationship with your boss. You're saying, it's more important for me to share this with my coworker than it is for my boss to feel trust in me. And if you can see the benefits of prioritizing your relationship with your boss, as we've explained them here, hopefully you can see why you would not want to put your coworker relationship above your boss relationship and why you'd want then to keep that information to yourself. Because your boss can fire you and your coworker can't. And we're all about relationships. We keep telling you, have good relationships with people, work on your relationships with people. Life is better in the workforce when you have good relationships with everybody. And there is benefit in putting some people before other people uh, and putting your boss first. When right. they're the one that can fire you is the right way to go. Even if it's good news, then you want to keep it to yourself. We're going to call this the M. Night Shyamalan rule. 
Uh, if you've seen any of his movies, you know there's a huge twist in all of them. And so if you tell someone the twist, you ruin the movie. If you've seen the movie, you know what the twist is and you know how it would be ruined if I told you what it was. So no spoilers here. But in the same way, if you tell your colleague that something good is about to happen, you're ruining the boss's surprise and you're taking away from the boss's relationship with that person. You probably only do that once and then you never get told anything again. Right. And but whilst being told things isn't the game, like that's not the aim, being told things is a measure of your relationship. If you're not being told things, then there is a problem or a there's a negative associated with that relationship. Even if you know the twist, don't tell someone. Your boss, as we've said, controls your addiction to food and clothing and shelter. He can fire you. He can stop short of firing you and give you the worst tasks, never put you on a good project. The way to prevent this is to prioritize your relationship with him or her. And if there's ever a choice, put your boss first. It doesn't stop you having great relationships with the rest of the team. It does give you, however, an order in which to rank those relationships. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with more guidance.